When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time to talk tennis. We have the women's singles and doubles finals from five uh, tonight. And uh, that is going to be cracker. Both uh, matches have the one and number two seeds in the final. So the seedings work perfectly here. The men's draw starts tomorrow. Not in that draw, to the dismay of many, is New Zealand's Ajit Rai. But that's how the cookie crumbles. But Ajit joins us right now. Uh, he's been uh, out there practicing and training for another busy 2024. Happy New Year, Ajit. Happy New Year, Stephen. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Uh, the summer of 2024 we'll get to in just a moment. I want you to look back on 2023 and say, uh, how was it for you? How do you rate your 2023? Uh, a roller coaster. I think I learned uh, that tennis, playing a full calendar year, uh, week in, week out, is, is a roller coaster. And there's ups and downs, but the biggest thing, and uh, we've spoken a lot about this in the past, is the learnings you take out of everything. And I definitely learned a lot, a lot about myself, a lot about the people around me. And yeah, I'm ready for a big 2024. I mean, what was what was your biggest takeaway, do you think? I mean, you've had some success on the ITF Tour. You've played some challenges. And my understanding is the challenges are actually a bigger step than some people might take for granted. Yeah, my biggest... Um, my biggest high, though, definitely was beating a top 100 player at the ASB Classic last year. So, um, yeah, it was always great to play at a home event, and it's always a really nice time of the year. Uh, but the challenger, going back to the challenges, there's not much difference in level between ATP challenges and ATP tour. That's what I've realized after training wow. with a lot of guys, training with Nick Kyrgios multiple times, um, training with some of the best players in the world, and the players I'm playing on the challenger tour, it's just that once you get into that top 100 and you're looked after and you get a little bit of help with some wild cards, et cetera, into events and you can get a step in, it's hard to leave the top 100 because the points are so great at those events. So that's, that's honestly the difference. The jump from futures to challenges is a lot bigger than challenges to ATP Tour. So is the obvious target for 2024 to play more challenges and, and push your ranking? 100%. That, that's always the big goal. It's to improve myself as a player, as a person, and keep growing, um, as cheesy as that sounds. But, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, you know, I'm, I'm gutted, uh, to be honest. We can address the elephant in the room that I'm not playing the ASB Classic this year. Um, it's definitely a tough pill for me to swallow, but it's a great opportunity for me to rise through some adversity and, you know, try to get better and get around all these pros and learn from them. Training with Ben Shelton, you know, this morning and Training with all the best players um, on the planet, right? You know, some of them, the best players on the planet. And there's two ways I can go about it. I can be sad, bitter, and complain about it, or I can get better. It is what it is and move on and try to improve from it. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I know many people will ask the question as to why you're not playing, but you chose not to play the wild club playoff, and that may have bitten you in the backside. But we move on. I want to ask you, uh, having had some training time with Nick Kyrgios, one of the most enigmatic characters in the world of tennis, 
But from what I've spoken to you, and I, I should be transparent uh, with the audience as well, that you and I uh, do work off court on, on, on certain things. But what you've told me about Nick Kyrgios is an incredible tennis brain on his shoulders. Ridiculous. Honestly, ridiculous. I The way he sees uh, tennis is different, but also the way he sees life is definitely different. He's been through a lot. Um, the biggest takeaway I got from Nick, uh, again, cheesy as it sounds, yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's just so kind. He's such a generous, kind person. Uh, he has no reason to help me as much as he does, but he does. And he reaches out to me and helps me on an emotional level, mental level. Um, and, you know, he's provided me opportunities which uh, I don't get anywhere else. Um, so, you know, it's, I'm pretty lucky to be around someone like that and I don't take it for granted, but I'm just always trying to pick his brain and, um, yeah, pick his brain around the tennis side of things, not the other stuff. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a great opportunity for me to learn from these guys and I'm always willing to learn from people who have been at the top. And I think... You know, if guys like Djokovic and Federer, I was talking to one of the players about this this morning, if they're willing to learn, anyone should be willing to learn. I mean, those guys are the best in the world. What do you tell Djokovic? What do you tell Federer? But they're always got new coaches, learning new things. Um, that's the beauty about tennis. You can never be too good. What's Curious like on the training court? He is an absolute workhorse. I... So when I got in there, um, of course, Nick invited me to come stay at his family home in Canberra. Uh, and it was during the time of his grandmother, she had passed the week before, so it was the funeral week. So I was like, man, I don't want to like, be in the way and stuff. He's like, nah, man, like your family, come in the house. And I was in the house and there's all these people around and he was training every single day, he trained them before the funeral, after the funeral. And the first session we did, we were, he's like, we're going to the gym. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I didn't know what his gym sessions well, were you like. Well, you love the gym. But, You're a bit of a gym junkie, aren't you? Yeah, like I love working hard and pushing myself, you know, to dark places because I, that's where I think you find out a lot about yourself. And I got in there with him in the gym. I couldn't do more than 20 minutes of work. This was last year. I was literally <laughs> vomiting. I couldn't do more than 20 minutes. And he looked at me and he goes, You're an absolute pussy. And... When he said that to me, I was like, I'm so far off the mark here with my fitness. And that's why the wildcard playoff, I had some family. Um, I lost my uncle earlier yeah, this right. year, so I had some family stuff I had to deal with. But I also wanted to put in a really good preseason of fitness and not touch my racket because I don't get that opportunity throughout the year because I'm playing a calendar year. So it was a really good opportunity for me to put in a really good fitness block, especially with Davis Cup coming up in two weeks at the ASB venue. Um, I really wanted to put in that fitness work so I never lose a match coming down to my fitness, which in the past I've been guilty of losing a lot of matches due to my fitness. So I wanted to take that out of the equation and that's kind of what made me realize how important the physical side of it is. And the other thing is he eats so clean, doesn't touch sugar, doesn't eat meat, eats so clean. Um, but I think come Saturday he doesn't drink clean. But other than that, yeah, he's... <laughs> He's world class, man. Yeah, but are we? Do we? Do we? Do you honestly think we see him again on a court? Uh, I think we do. I think we definitely do see him. He loves the sport. Uh, his body is battling right now. Definitely battling. That's not a you know that's no yeah. joke. Um, I think we do see him because I think he's got more to offer. And I think people forget he's only twenty eight, twenty nine years old. 
So he's not old. What did you make um, of his? What did you make of his comments about Djokovic losing? And one of the potential reasons this was when he lost to Dimonor uh, that the the balls they're playing with are too heavy and too fluffy. It was like he looked at things completely differently. Yeah, I mean, again, Nick, the way he sees things is, you know, for example, he uh, the way I've been brought up by hmm. a lot of coaches, not not my father, because I went into the system with, you know, working with Tennis New Zealand and some coaches there, etc. And, you know, percentage, uh, we were talking about percentages on break point. And I'm like, he was next to me. And he's like, how are you going to play this break point? I'm like, I'm going to go to the back end and I'm just going to make, you know, 30 balls and not miss because yeah. that's high percentage tennis, right? He's like, no, it's not. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm going to go for two first serves at 230 kilometers. And I'm like, why? That's not high percentage. That's high risk. He's like, yeah, but nine out of ten times I'll lose the point if I uh, playing the best guys in the world off the ground. Whereas nine out of ten times I can land a serve at two thirty. So to me, that's percentage. Wow. And when I was having these type of conversations with him, I'm like, you see, like this isn't the way. Like the way I was taught tennis, and a lot of you know the way I think a lot of players are. It's like school. You learn your alphabet. You learn the basics, and then you go to times tables, and you go to algebra, and that's like tennis. You learn a forehand backhand, then you learn certain shots, and it goes, you know, like that. He doesn't see tennis like that. He sees tennis in a completely different lens. So it was really interesting to be around him and pick his brain on situations like that, and I was pretty pretty grateful for the experience. How hard is it to try and bring what he has spoken to you about into your game, knowing there are others that might suggest, I mean, uh, New Zealand coaches might suggest that's ridiculous. Where where do you sit in that equation? I think it's about trial and error with what you do and whatever you do, like what works for Nick might not work for me. So I don't want to copy what he does um, because everyone, you know, everyone needs, there's a Medvedev, there's a Federer, there's a Djokovic. Everyone plays a different style of tennis. So you need to figure out, and that's one thing I'm, trying to work on really hard is figure out who Ajit Rai is on the court and what type of player that is and committing to that under pressure. Not on a practice court when it's easy. It's when it's five all in the third. You could be playing for New Zealand at a deciding singles. Who's Ajit Rai and what type of character do you want to be on the court? Whereas you know when Nick Kyrgios is down 9-8 in a fifth set tie-break match, he probably will serve 230 second serve, which <laughs> to everyone else is insane, but in his brain it's bread and butter. So I think that's the, that's the biggest learnings I've taken from last year is there's no generic way to play tennis. That's now, the beauty of our sport. Now, now, 2023, correct me if I'm wrong, and you've probably told me this and I've forgotten, but didn't you have some tra- a, tra- a small training block with Gail Monfils, who's in the main draw here? No, I was about to, but I ended up training with his coach because Gail wasn't there. Ah, okay. So I worked with his coach very closely in Sweden, um, who I've known for some time now because... I trained at the same academy when I was 12 and 13 years old in Sweden. So I was heading over there to train um, courtesy of uh, Nico, um, who sorted it out for me. Um, That's Nico Lamperin, who is the tournament director at the ASB and also, I think, uh, Monfi's agent, is he? Yes, yes, he is. So he organised that um, for me, which was awesome at the, at the time, but yep. Gail... Um, I think he, he he suffered some injuries last year, but um, of course it's good to see him back. So okay, let's let's look at the draw coming up, and and you were hitting with Ben Shelton this morning, was that right? Yeah, he's ridiculous, man. His I've never seen like 
I can't even explain it how good of a ball striker he really is. I, I flicked his mess- a message to his dad after because I know his dad quite well. Spent some time with him on court um, in San Diego. Mm. And he has one fast, fast, fast arm. It's crazy. It's crazy. Where, where, where's the strength? Is, has he got a big serve? Big, and, or has, he, has he just got Huge a big, big game all round? Big game all round. Big game all round. He's we're, got a big game. Well, okay, so the other interesting point in, in this uh, draw, we get a wild card, and it's his comeback tournament too. Where do you think Denis Shapovalov ends up? Well, I heard he was sick this morning, so <laughs> I am unsure um, about that one. Uh, I, I don't know what I don't know much. I don't know Dennis personally. Yep. Of course, electric player. I one thing about me, and I'm never afraid to admit it, Nick. Whereas Nick says, I don't like tennis, I don't watch tennis, I love this sport. I watch it religiously, I follow results, I think it's the most amazing sport in the world. So, I've watched all these guys play, I think Dennis is an unbelievable player. Again, fast arm, um, I think he's, if he's on, he's dangerous, but you know how tough it is to come back from a tournament and play your first event back, yeah. it's, it's not easy. That, well, that, so, top, that top 100 player you beat in qualifying last year was Taro Daniel, right? Yes. Yeah, well, he's made the main draw again uh, up against Alexander Vukic. Uh, what is it about Daniel that you suggest he could make into the second round? Ah, uh, that I beat him. So, <laughs> yeah, I think... I think, oh, I think that, you never stop, you never stop do you? Uh, wild card. <laughs> no, he, he makes a lot of balls. He makes a lot of balls. He's a dangerous guy. All these top 100 players are just so relentlessly good. Um, I think my pick for the whole tournament is KP Panu. So, um, I think he's going to win it all. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I know. I know. I, I'd, I'd like to think there's a touch of sarcasm there, uh, because KP got that. It's his birthday today too, apparently. Uh, it is his birthday. KP. KP's hello, unbelievably nice dude. I mean, I've grown up with KP. We're two Indians from New Zealand, um, and yeah, I just I love you know love seeing Kiwis play the ASB Classic. I think it's absolutely awesome. Um, I'm gutted to not be there. It's hard for me to be there right now watching guys play. It's honestly not easy for me. But um, I know that I can... Like I said before, there's two ways I can go about it, and I'm just trying to train the house down this week. Yeah, right. You're trying to end the interview too, aren't you? That's where you came back to that as well. I just wanted you to know, what what does KP think against Max Purcell? Do you give him a chance, a good chance against Purcell? Uh, I mean, Max went three sets with Holger Rona last week. He's been an Alcaraz. Um, he beat Carlos. Oh, no, he lost to Carlos Alcaraz. The thing with Max is Max plays the same game. Are you are you walking around, mate? Oh, there we go. Something had to have. We just lost him just like that. That was Ajit Rai giving us his thoughts on the men's draw, which starts tomorrow.